Before we begin today's podcast, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm recording on stolen and unceded Gadigal lands. Beginner's Guide to Having Hotter Climate Conversations. Yes. <laughs> to clarify, these are hot conversations in that they're great, not like yes. steamy hot conversations. Although if that's what you're into, like, I don't support that. <laughs> Who knows where these conversations <laughs> can lead? <laughs> Welcome back to That's Hot, the podcast helping you get even hotter than you already are by giving you all the information you need to help the world get cooler. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Tegan. So there's a David Attenborough quote that I see all the time because I'm subscribed to this like email newsletter that literally puts it on everyone. It's <laughs> kind of weird, but I really love the quote and it goes, saving our planet is now a communications challenge. We know what to do. We just need the will. And I feel like that relates to us a lot because we're both in like the sphere of communications and marketing and everything that we do at Project Planet is like framing messages and ideas to like help people understand. Yeah, we were like, we don't really understand (laughs) engineering or something, but we can do content. We can make things sound interesting. I would like to save the climate with Instagram graphics. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. We're doing our part. Yeah. Um, So in today's episode, I thought it'd be nice for us to talk about what it takes to have hot climate conversations. I mean. Hot climate conversations does sound slightly a bit fun. Um, I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure quite. These are quite the conversations we will actually be having, but um, I'm here for it regardless. Um, yeah. And I'm happy to do it. Cool. Let's go. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's so hot. So, Lizzie, I'm going to start us off by asking who do you think is the most difficult type of person or people to have conversations about the climate with? So I think there's kind of two, in my mind, this is in like, there's two ways to think about this. The first one is in a way the people that we most need to have climate conversations with just mm-hmm. don't want to have the conversation at all. And like, it's very hard to have a conversation with someone if they aren't really partaking in it. So I think that's kind of like number one. And that's sort of one thing we can talk about, about how you actually sort of engage people in conversations that they're maybe not necessarily looking for themselves. Mm. And then the second one, which I also think is obviously hard is just when there's people with very different views. So, you know, it's the family member that's like really committed to gas, new gas mines or whatever, and talks about that. It's, you Mm. know, friends that, um, or like, quote unquote friends, people yeah. you know in your life. Who, Acquaintances. You know, yeah, maybe have like different political views than you and therefore yeah. have different views on like the importance of climate mm. as an issue and but who want to talk about it. And I think that's kind of different because then you're in a conversation about like persuasion and how do you actually mm. persuade people who are like maybe like often I think the people that want to talk about it, they want to talk about their point of view because they're really committed to it. And there is a certain like there is to some extent you're not Gonna, if they don't want to listen and they don't want to have an actual conversation, they don't yeah. want to talk at you. Yeah. But I do think a lot of those people who are actually wanting to engage are actually looking for some kind of pushback in some way and there is ways to get through to them there. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think that's kind of separate then from how do you actually get people who don't want to have the conversation at all to have the conversation. What do you think? Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think the most difficult climate conversations that I have are with people that I genuinely care about and like Mm. value the relationships that we have and I find it difficult to try and convince them of things that I believe in or like that I guess uh, like that are technical and like they've got questions that I might not be able to answer so it makes me seem less credible and like I think those conversations are difficult and Mm. I also think like when there is a huge disparity between like your actual values around 
what's happening um, in the climate crisis and like ways to solve climate problems, then it like it's just really awkward to navigate. Yeah, I think that's such a good point you raised. Like I'm really lucky in a sense in that, well, I personally just choose not to have many friends. So that's quite, that sort of <laughs> solves some of it. But like, you know, the one that's kind of the classic is like your family and like my family, broadly speaking, like is very aligned with myself in terms mm. of climate and in mm. terms of politics. <laughs> my dad, despite working for a fossil fuel company for his whole career, now volunteers with multiple climate organizations. So, mm. you know. He's making up for lost time. Uh, he's a legend. <laughs> Shout out, Richard. The best. Um, <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, like what you said, and in a way, like how, like whether those conversations are with people that do want to engage or don't want to engage, the thing that's often the key is like your personal relationship with them. Yeah, And it's 100%. like, I'm not going to be able to convince someone random that I have no connection to yeah, to exactly. have a conversation or to talk to me in a conversation. But if it's someone that you do care about and yeah. you have that underlying trust, um, mm. I think that's such a important <clears throat> point to begin from yeah. as you're thinking about how to have those conversations. Yeah, 100%. Uh, do you, have you had a, a difficult climate conversation with someone recently? So the one that comes to mind, it's not actually to do with climate, um, mm. but I was sort of hanging out um, with some like sort of neighbour friends, like people that I kind of like know but I'm not super close to and yeah. like we sort of had some different views around the idea of meritocracy um, and there was sort Can of, you explain that? To- so meritocracy is kind of the idea that like everyone gets what they sort of deserve in as much as if you work hard work you'll for. get good things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, if you study hard, work hard, you'll get you deserve a good job get good stuff. and you'll have yeah, a, just get a, money a good and... job that pays good money and you better buy a house as exactly. per whatever. Exactly. And I guess my kind of belief is that it's a pretty flawed way of looking at the world because there are a lot of underlying structural things that impact why you get a job. And so we were sort of having yeah. this conversation about like people getting hired on the basis of merit. Yeah. And one guy was like, I just think the best, you know, person for the job should get the job. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but like what defines how we view the best person like you know and what was interesting is we sort of had this discussion and I didn't I you know <laughs> I think because I was kind of just like bemused by it I wasn't particularly I was feeling quite chill unlike yeah. me yeah I was gonna say bit. like you are so good at persuading people in my yeah, well I think like what was I just sort of kept I guess asking pointing questions but not questions in a way where you like it's I like gonna start a fight or yeah just yeah. like oh, okay interesting like you know have you considered this example or you know because the sort of thing was like the best person just be hired it shouldn't be based on you know race or on gender mm. and I was like okay but like if you're hiring someone I guess like you're gonna know their race and their gender and he was like well like you know you can just use those like blind screening things I was like well you don't want to hire someone without having met them and he's like yeah. yeah it's actually a, a good point I was like yeah like you're gonna do an interview and you're gonna know yeah, exactly. some personal things and then we sort of like went down there and then interestingly he sort of at the end was like oh yeah I guess now I think about it like if I was working at a company where there was like 10 guys and two girls like probably hiring another guy is gonna be a better fit for the company even though you know they might and it was interesting because he actually like I never I didn't sort of get to that end kind of thing um and it was like probably a I mean like you know I've had equal number of probably conversations in the past with people where we disagree on things like this where it's just each person talking at each other about Mm. like why we think we're right yeah um but I think partly because in a way I wasn't super invested in the outcome and I like Mm. not to say I don't care about these people but they're not you know they're not my closest friends they're not someone that I have like a long-term enduring relationship with yeah I sort of feel like that actually made me more successful in the ability to have a conversation because I was like probably more willing to actually listen to them and like not jump straight to convincing which you know I think naturally is the first approach that's interesting and like I'm gonna share some 
uh, helpful tips uh, as like a beginner's guide to climate mm. conversations towards the end of this episode. But uh, you've ha- you've hit a few of my points there <sighs> in terms of like actively listening to people mm. and understanding where they where their understanding is at. Mm. And it's interesting that you make a point of like your investment in in yeah. the conversation because like. If you were an, if you or I are getting into a conversation about the climate, yeah. we are obviously very, very invested in yeah. that, um, and really want to like take people along the journey yeah. and like help guide them towards like a climate action that they want to partake in. But like, when how can you take that mentality into or the the mentality of like not being as invested mm. into climate conversations. Well, yeah, I was going to say the other side of that is like, you know, I'll have some like stupid argument with my mum about like some tiny thing on climate that we disagree on or whatever and it'll be like a passionate fight to the death sort Mm. of vibe. So like I'm not here being like, wow, I'm just like this zen master in all conversations. I think you're so right. Like how much the person matters to you, how much the issue matters to you is like going to inform how you show up. And I think like kind of like if you know that you're going to be in an environment, like if you're someone where, you know, you, or every time you go for like, I guess the classic example, you know, every time it's Christmas lunch or a family dinner and you've got you know the person in your family that, you know, wants to talk about these issues and has a different opinion. Mm. It's almost thinking about, okay, like I am, I do really care about this and I mm. do really care about this person. And therefore I like almost like just acknowledging that before you go into it, I think is almost helpful. Cause then it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. if I do get worked up, that's actually fine because it's like, I care. Mm. And I think the more you can like, watch yourself rather than be in yourself. Yeah. Interesting. That's a, yeah, it's an interesting way of thinking about it. Like you're mm. like watching over. Yeah. You're like, okay, I understand why Lizzie is having a moment. Like a little puppet, a little puppet. Yeah. Man. Yeah. A little bit of separation. Cause otherwise <laughs> if you're just like in those emotions in the moment being like, yeah. this is like, like crazy, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Harder to then like do the things that I'm sure we're about to talk about in terms of how to actually have those effective conversations. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think like, I guess from my perspective, the difficult, the most difficult climate conversations that I have are with my parents and my parents' partners. Um, Like all all of them like sit on a spectrum of like not that invested in climate, Mm. Um, which is something that I'm working away slowly. (laughs) Chipping away. Chipping away. They listen to the podcast. So. um, Hello, shout out. Hello, family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, they're, it's difficult when there is that disparity in values. Um, and I, I often need to remind myself of these tips to mm. like having better, hotter climate conversations um, because it is so easy to get worked up when it's, when you're mm. talking to someone who is your family or are your friends and like you can kind of let down that facade of like, Oh, I have to be nice to them right now. Like yeah. you can't, you gotta just go at them. You're oh, like, that's what family's for. You're <laughs> wrong and like <laughs> this reason, this reason, this yeah. reason. Um, or on the other hand, like I find myself kind of shutting down, mm. which is equally as like bad for the situation because yeah. like then they they think that they've won, <laughs> <laughs> they've won this conversation. Um, and like you come away from it feeling like, oh, like I, I had so much to say, but mm. I was like kind of protecting myself in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, which you feel is like sometimes you, necessary. Yeah. And if you feel, and obviously as well, the thing often with family, right. is like, you've probably had this version of the conversation multiple times mm. before. So mm. you kind of are anticipating where it's going to go. And if it's gone, like not as well as you or like something that wasn't a good outcome in your mind in the past, then you're sort of like, well, how do I 
I don't really want to do this again, I guess. How do you change that narrative? How do you make sure that, mm. you know, those conversations can be, you know, interesting and like productive for both people, right? Because it's not about like winning necessarily. It's about exactly. like- It's a conversation. You- it's not like a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not obviously plotting to tear down family members here. But it's like, how do you, and I think it's almost like, that's like actually a really interesting point because in a way, like we think of, especially on things like climate where like, you know, we obviously, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you like are probably someone where climate action is really important to you. You're really concerned about climate change. Mm. You really believe in, you know, the capacity, well, maybe not all the time, but you certainly at least have some level of hope that there are solutions out there and we can, yeah. we can do it and we need to be doing more. Mm. But like knowing how to have those discussions is very difficult. Yes, exactly. Um, um, and you've probably come up against that multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't have like 10,000 facts to like spit out to someone, it sometimes feels like you're not able to yeah. be in that conversation. Sorry, this is what I figured out, picked out where the brain is fine. I got you. It's Friday afternoon for those. <laughs> I don't know when this will come out, but um, <laughs> yeah. So if you think though about like your goal is going to be to convince your goal is like, well, I think this problem is like the single greatest thing facing humanity. Obviously mm. it's crazy to me that, you know, someone doesn't, think that at all and if you if you go into the conversation with your goal is to like convince to move someone completely to your side Mm. I think you're like setting yourself up a little bit for failure whereas if I think the goal has to be to like build common ground because the more you can do that then over time or even if it's just something and then like once you have that common ground it's like little nudges exactly and it's like whether that's more conversations with you or whether it's like someone that you know, oh, like interesting. I didn't know that. If you get like one of those moments and that yeah. prompts them to just think a little bit differently when they see news in the future. Mm. And I think in a way that's a real win. And even 100%. though it might not feel as like satisfying, because like, to be honest, the conversation, I, the part of the reason, you know, the one with the, the neighbor friends stands out is because it's like so rare to have a conversation where someone says, actually, you're right. Yeah. Like, I probably, like you get that like, aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're like, I actually like successfully persuaded mm. in a one-off instance, like yeah. in general, that's like not Doesn't really, happen. yeah. These kind of issues, like political persuasion is something that takes time and takes 100%. forming like both in a good way and a bad way. Like people become radicalized over time by mm. like certain types of information equally you can become like you know radicalized I guess in a positive way mm. radicalized to be a climate activist yeah, exactly. um, that's what I've become that's for sure <laughs> like and that's been an ongoing process like exactly you know I don't think either of us went from like I don't know I think I'm not like would speak to your sort of experience but for me like I was never I've always been like interested but mm. not super engaged in climate yeah. and obviously like you know the bushfire year was a big Point, but there was like a lot of steps across that period. Like that wasn't just yeah. the only thing. And then it was like over a series of like months, years that has like got me to the point where I am now. So I think, you know, asking someone who starts from a further back base to get to where you are yeah. in a single conversation is. It's a lot. Hard. It's a big ask. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, cool. Which brings me to the the point of this yeah. episode. Yeah, maybe with some hot tips. Beginner's guide to having hotter climate conversations. Yes. <laughs> to clarify, these are hot conversations in that they're great, not like yes. steamy hot conversations. Although if that's what you're into, like, I fucking support that. <laughs> Who knows where these conversations can lead? <laughs> Probably not the ones with your family. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> I retired. Let's cut that. Um, oh, my God. Okay. So I've got four hot tips. The first one is listen and ask questions. Right. You'll find that these tips are very, like, they make sense to what our examples have been because. Um, because we're really great at modeling climate conversations. Exactly. We're actually perfect. <laughs> this is for you guys. We have no need for this. <laughs> um, so in, in this idea, it's actively listening to people 
finding that connection with them, asking them questions, and then framing your conversation around their perspective and their understanding. So when you say listen, you don't mean like me sitting there being like, oh, I have this thing to say yeah, exactly. because I'm right. Don't That's talk not- over the person. Yeah, I guess yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I do love rehearsing, like, excellent zingers in place. <laughs> and it's going to be tough. Um, yeah, so it's just about, like, like what you would do in a conversation, right? I think like, though, like, pretend that you're not talking about the climate. Like, yeah. you're literally just talking to someone. So, like, find out what they care about. Like, I think find your common interests. Yeah, and when we talk about goals, right, like we talked about maybe the goal is getting common ground. Maybe the goal is just, like, discovering where they're at and, like, exactly. go into it with a real, like, discovery mindset of, like, I want to really understand why this person thinks the way they do about this. Exactly. And, like, I'm a researcher trying to, like, figure that Literally, out. Literally, sort of you're doing, like, human. Like- yeah. <laughs> they're, like, your test subject. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's weird. In a, nice, really in a nice friendship way. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, finding out what they value and then, like, getting that understanding of what they understand the climate crisis to be because what you would end up recommending someone doing if they've like never heard about climate change before is radically different to what you would talk to someone or like recommend someone do as a climate action when they're like so incredibly invested. I also think we really go into conversations with people that aren't aligned with us on like, you know, climate generally with real assumptions of what they are aligned with. And I think that's actually not always the case, which I think is really interesting. Like, you know, I've had some weirdly like a few conversations recently where people have really brought up nuclear and being like, mm. that's the solution. And I'm like, well, like probably not quite mainly due to economic reasons more yeah. than anything else. But it's like interesting. Cause you're like, okay, well you're actually not necessarily as like tied to the idea that coal and gas is the future, but you just, us kind of like, I think, you know, maybe the idea of renewables seems like not as reliable mm. or whatever it is. And it's like actually a question then of like reliability. And it's like, what informs that? Is it like experience growing up, like, you know, somewhere else where maybe electricity wasn't as reliable or is it just, mm. you know, a general fear of like what that could look like and not understanding like how the systems will end up looking under, for example, renewable energy. So I think yeah, really trying to get to the heart of that is like often not going to take you where you think it is mm. all the time. And getting to the heart of that and like, understanding people's core guiding values mm-hmm. like you do that by asking why yeah like why do you think that like yeah but why but yeah why? yeah <laughs> I love that. but why 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 and you end up finding so much like finding out so much about people mm. and you're probably going to find out what's holding them back from taking climate action as well yeah, yeah. um which links itself up with those psychological barriers that we spoke to dr yeah. Susie burke about a few weeks ago um so yeah that is tip number one listen and ask questions stunning Great tip for just all conversations. Exactly. Link this to our Hinge Boys one. <laughs> That's a great recommendation. This is what you talk about when you've matched with men. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tip number two is talk about solutions. So what I found in my experience is that a lot of climate conversations are sparked from like negative stories, say like, from the bushfires or from the floods and the impacts of that. And because they're such huge issues, it tends to lead people to those feelings of climate doom. Yeah. Right. And when you feel that you're probably not as likely to like listen and hear what people are trying, like what we are trying to tell you about the climate. And I think a lot of that is right. Like if you acknowledge that like we humans are causing climate change and we are really doing the wrong thing. And then like, that's quite a big thing to unpack and you can like, there's like feelings of guilt and things associated with that. And so, you know, 
reframing that around like there is hope and yeah. there is and like really addressing that doom that probably sits underneath all of that is like mm. I don't actually want to acknowledge this as a problem because it's like too big for me to solve anyway mm. and if you can start to then chip away at the like too big to solve anyway then mm. you can then start to go with do I acknowledge it's a problem so yeah exactly so when you're not talking about the problems then you free yourself to talk about solutions yeah. so you can be talking about like the stuff that we need to do this decade in order to uh, transition our economy to 100% yeah. renewables and the technologies that are available right now to do that. Well, yeah, even just talking about the fact that we actually can yeah, solve it just exactly. on its own because I think that's sort of up for debate a little bit, but, yeah. you know, certainly there is hope. Mm, 100%. You could be talking about the momentum in the climate movement, the people that are working within climate. Yeah. In, you can be talking about, like, governments, whether that be state or federal or governments around the world that are, like, actually taking really incredible steps towards stronger climate action. Um, And I also feel like tying the economic benefits of climate action into that conversation can be really good for the people. Depending on the person you're talking to. Well, I will say like one of the things, funnily enough, like probably the thing that was the real spark moment for me in terms Mm. of climate was I read a book by like an economist, Ross Garneau, talking about basically like, you know, all the economic opportunities. And, you know, like I studied some economics at uni and I was kind of shocked that this information was out there and yet was like not in the public discussion at all. And that almost like radicalized me more because I was like, wow, we're just like leaving cash on the table, you know? And at the end of the day, like, you know, whatever you think about capitalism, it's what we've got. And if that's not even working and we're like pushing against that, then that's kind of crazy. So Mm. for some people, that's going to be a really persuasive um, conversation. And I mean, yeah, we live on a very sunny, windy rock. Exactly. So Take advantage of it's it. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, so my third tip is to help people see themselves in those solutions. Yeah. Uh, so because you've talked to them, you've actively listened to them, you understand them on a deeper basis, you are then able to understand where they might fit into those solutions um, and where along the climate journey that they are. Yeah. So you can recommend things like climate actions that they can take Um and like we, listening to this podcast, listening to this podcast, <laughs> super easy thing for someone to do that if they aren't necessarily that under, like, they're not very aware of climate change. Mm. Like hopefully we are like a really easy thing to like get you into that. Yeah. But they might be further along their journey. So you could recommend them looking into what their bank or their super fund is like funding and like mm. changing um, into a more ethical uh, bank or super fund if they're even further along, you could recommend a great climate organization for them to volunteer for. Um, and you're just, yeah, helping people find their purpose within yep. the climate movement. Love that. Yeah. I think that's yeah also so key because I think, and it's that classic, you know, like what can I actually do? Exactly. Um, and, you know, part of that is, and we've got an episode on this coming up, like explaining why some of those actions are really important as well um, mm. because I think that it's easy to just be like, oh, well, like, why would I bother going to the effort of changing my bank? I'm just like one person mm. um, as well. Whereas I think if you can really frame that about, you know, the power, like, you know, multiple people, everyone doing their part does yeah. really, really add up. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and my final tip is to talk about your feelings. And I have so many of those. So, so many feelings. Just um, general ones. Don't so throw <laughs> them all in there. I'm sad. <laughs> um, no. So if you think about it, you're in a conversation with someone you're very likely to value their feelings and they're very likely to value yours. So they're so important to talk about. And like that just makes the climate crisis more real because you can see how it impacts people. Yeah, yeah. So like talk about how how climate change makes you feel, why climate action is important to you, Mm. why someone else's 
inaction on the climate like hurts you, for yeah. example? Like there's so many. I think that's such a good point because it's not something you can really argue with. Like you can't exactly. really, like you can't sit here and be like, you know, I feel really anxious, you know, during the bushfires, I just felt so anxious that, you know, this much smoke was covering the city and like, this is what the rest of my life could look like. You can't be like, well, that's ridiculous that you were anxious by the fact that there was toxic gas in the air every day, like settle down. Like <laughs> exactly. no one's going to say like, that. It's literally it's, a statement. Like yeah. you just have to, li- like you're listening to someone say that and you're like, oh wow. Like, wow. That's your experience. Yeah. yeah. And like, hopefully if you're not having a conversation with someone that actually respects you, they'll respect your experiences as mm. well. So I think that's, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay, well, I feel much more prepped. For, you well, I mean, again, I am obviously perfect for conversations <laughs> already, but um, I love this. And I think, you know, as we talked about, like yeah. thinking about, pre-thinking about this, I guess, in terms mm-hmm. of if you know that you're going to have a conversation or you, even if you want to start one, and I guess this is what I sort of mentioned at the start as well, like in a way, these are sort of conversations that occur on their own. The other thing is if you're like, you know what, actually I've got these friends that I just know don't have the same views and they never want to talk about it, but I actually want to figure out how to bring it up. Mm. Um, some of these tips are going to be really useful as yeah, well. Yeah, hopefully and, they help. Yeah, even just asking, you know, like <laughs> you need to get, we should do like some of those question cards, like Project Planet ones. And it's just got like, oh my God, 100%. we'll do them. They'll just be like random stuff, but with the odd climate one, like yeah. slotted in. Yeah, exactly. So that way you can be like, oh my God, crazy. This one yeah. asks, why do you think, you know, how do you feel about the climate changing? Do you know who we need to talk to to get a. <laughs> I think I know who you're saying. Climate. <laughs> I mean, sorry, like a card conversation game. Does she work in his office as well? Maybe? She does. Oh, we might have to go knock on the door. <laughs> no, we won't name drop. Um, not that um, we know this person at all. It's not really you. No, we don't. Uh, I just want to note as well, like there are going to be times when a person just doesn't want to have a conversation yeah. with you. And if that happens, which it 100% will, like yeah. – just acknowledge the fact that a conversation, especially one about climate does take a lot of energy Mm -hmm. to like partake in. And if you feel like you're not getting anywhere in this conversation, don't do it. Like protect your energy. A conversation should be a two way street. And like, if you're not getting that same like active listening and like respectful conversation back from someone, it's not worth your time. 100%. And I guess maybe our next set of conversation cards will be the climate red flags from our dating episode as well. And so maybe that's also a great conversation. Hundred percent. I think I think we're going to change the game. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> also um, with our merch that we will be plugging soon that'll be coming. Oh my you know, God. that'll be a conversation starter. So much. We will start the conversations for you actually. Yeah. Um, what Easy. We are yeah. Um, so before we finish up, we are going to leave you with an action item that is something hotter that you can do to one, get hotter and to help the world get cooler. Obviously we know what today's action item is going to be. Tegan's looking at me. I can't see the scripts. I'm assuming it's have a climate conversation it with someone. Is. Wow, she's got it right. <laughs> so, yeah, go and have a meaningful climate conversation with someone. And that conversation might just be that little nudge that someone needed to get them out there and engaging in climate in a really in a great way. Even talk to, like, your friends that you assume you're, like, aligned with. Yeah. It's even things like, like, I've got friends that I know care about climate a lot, but probably have never been to a protest or never actually done something. And mm. it's like actually interrogating why. So I think we framed a lot of this episode around like people that aren't aligned in general on yeah. like climate change and like, you know, what's to do about it and its existence. But, yeah. you know, I think those conversations are also really important with people that you do have a lot of common ground with, maybe like 99% common ground. Exactly. And it's just about, you know, getting them that final 1% of the way to being really involved. So exactly. You know, start some shit, have some good combos. Yeah. Tell us how they go. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. Sweet. I think that's us for the day. Bye. Bye. <laughs>